1: a global leader in process automation and measurement instrumentation. Endress and Hauser, the people for process automation. As we begin today, if you can right now, if you're where you can, go to this web address. It's cx.endress, that's E-N-D-R-E-S-S dot com forward slash HSE dash podcast. Here you can register for our monthly giveaway, and you can also tell Anderson Hauser thank you for sponsoring the show. This show, which is the OGGNHSE podcast, is, as the intro says, dedicated to everyone coming home safely. And so today we will be speaking with Brady Neal, who's the founder and director of Coral Source. Brady wants to share his story about how he and his team are transforming safety out on the well site with their program called Well Site Entry. But first of all, a couple of things. You're probably going to be listening to this in the month of September. And at the end of August, you know, there was a very devastating storm that hit the Louisiana coast. And so our hearts go out to all our neighbors, all our oil and gas compatriots and everybody, all the residents of Louisiana. And uh, we know that Even now, they're going to be weeks overcoming this. Something that if you're listening and you happen to maybe be a first responder in either law enforcement, firefighting, paramedic, or utility workers and all this sort of thing, OGGN is promoting a company called Realware, and they're in partnership with a company called LibraStream. Realware provides some very rugged, dependable, sophisticated hardware in conjunction with LibraStream. And so, for example, a paramedic could go into an area that's been ravaged and you haven't had time yet to assemble a, a complete medical team. And I'm using this as an example. One guy could go in there with this hardware and with this software and he could hook up to a complete group of professionals back at a at a hospital somewhere. Or a utility worker could go in and use the hardware and show what damage is. And it could go back to all the experts in a room somewhere where they could tell him what he needs to do to repair the situation. We'll put a link in the show notes where you can go to that and find out more about that. But they're actually giving away to people who are working in the Hurricane Laura area, they're actually giving away this hardware and this software. I know the hurricane season just makes it that much more tough on our mental health in the middle of all this COVID-19 environment. I was actually listening to a CEO of a major financial institution whose holdings include a a major international insurance brokerage company with a heavy emphasis in oil and gas my wife actually works for the company sometimes she shares these little motivational videos he sends out so she had sent me one and i you know was kind of about halfway listening to it multitasking doing something else and all of a sudden i heard him mention EPA and I said, what's this guy doing talking about the EPA? Well, then I started listening closer. And for him, EPA was enthusiastic, positive attitude. And he said, you know, in this COVID environment, there are all these obstacles. And if you're going to mentally survive, what you have to have is you have to have an enthusiastic, positive attitude. He said, EPA is your North Star. So, Brady, with that in mind, while I said we're we're going to get to the safety aspect of talking about well site sentry, I wanted you to share your story because I think you're a, a very positive, no pun intended, but you're a very positive example of this EPA being your North Star. Tell us about how you got to where you are right now at Coral Source.
2: Well, Russell, thank you very much for the opportunity to be on this podcast today. And I really do mean that. It's an honor to be on here with you today. I would first have to start with (laughs) overcoming obstacles. I can do that because of two things. I have a big God and I have an amazing wife, right? Isaiah 26, 8 says, yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your law, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our heart. And, you know, when we keep our priorities straight, when we wait for him, things seem to come into place. And, And with an amazing wife who helps me with that EPA, that positive attitude, You know, I like Zig Ziglar's quote, expect the best, prepare for the worst and capitalize on what comes. And that has been my mantra for the last six years is expecting the best, prepare for the worst and capitalizing on what comes and and what a journey it has been the last several years. Yeah. Tell us about that journey. (laughs) Well, you know, my mind immediately goes back to 2015. I'm in my garage assembling tools late at night to ship out the next day. And I'm listening to Mr. Mark LeCure himself and James Hahn talk about the market on the oil and gas podcast. And and I was so inspired by those podcasts and the industry. It just made me keep on working harder and harder to understand the EMP industry and to learn more. And you know, I didn't start out in the oil and gas industry. I came from a, a finance and a law enforcement background. So I was on the street for about three years and in investigations and seven in law enforcement. But I started Cora Source in 2014.
1: Okay, and so tell us exactly what Cora Source is, and where did you come up with that name?
2: Absolutely. Well, Cora Source. We have three different divisions in Cora Source. I'll just back up. You know, I had this calling to serve my community as a law enforcement officer, and I answered that call. And I was on the street for about three years, and then I went back to investigations. But it was early 2014 that I, you know, I began exploring building a company on the side as an exit plan. So my exit plan began to grow quicker and quicker than I expected. And before I knew it, I'd gone from one product manufactured to about nine different products. So we produced, and we still produce in that division, corrosion control tools for America's midstream infrastructure. But then transitioning in in 2017, I brought on a partner, Junior Navarro. You know, Junior's one of those guys who just knows the industry. These hardworking guys who've been in it, grew up in it, well servicing the completion side of the thing. He knows that upstream market. And so he was a, a great partner to bring on and strategic. And we started a second division inside Coral Source and Well Servicing. And then in June of 2018, we launched our third and our final division here at Coral Source, Wellsite Century for the upstream market. And Russell, I'd like to introduce Wellsite Century as we are truly transforming well site safety
1: well that's what we want to hear so tell us how you're doing that
2: well we are serving our clients with safety and emergency response services on well sites but you know we were doing it in a manner that is unlike anything that I've seen on a completions or drillings pad you know one of the common responses we get out in the field when someone walks into our command centers is you know I've never seen anything like this before or, and it's usually quickly followed by why don't we have this on every completions or drilling pad in the united states and and I truly believe that we're able to make this work because we're focused on, on integration and in integration of systems.
1: Okay. So back up here just a minute talking about why don't we have this on every. So where do you have this?
2: Now, mainly the market we have been serving is completion pad.
1: Okay. So you go out as part of, I mean, they're going out there, they're completing. Are, are we talking about fracking? Are we talking yes, about?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So we're there on rig up to rig down. So we're there as emergency services from the initial rig up, laying line to the rigging down to getting it on trailer, getting out of there. So we're there in that to complete, that phase. So, you know, that might be seven days, 14 days, 30 days, whatever that is, but we're going with that mobile unit to that site.
1: So you're on site in the event that somebody gets hurt.
2: Absolutely. 24-7, as long as the job is going on. And, you know, as I mentioned, we really wanted to integrate three core things, our, our technology, our emergency response systems, and our. And our first responders, because, you know, we really stepped back and took a long look at the needs of the stakeholders on the pad when it comes to emergency response and safety services. As I mentioned, our primary focus was completion pads, and, and we didn't want to be just another safety company. And there's no offense to that. There's some great safety companies out there, but we didn't want to be just checking boxes and we didn't want to be that safety police. But we wanted to, to develop this integrated package that truly mitigated risk, not only just reported on it, Right. We wanted to be able to provide value in mitigating the risk, and not only for the physical assets, but more importantly, for the number one strategy out in the field, and that's your people.
1: Okay. So you say there's three parts of this. The first part is the technology. What are we talking about there?
2: So in our technology, our command centers are built out with a full network rack, IT system infrastructure to support what's happening on the site currently, and also for, for future advancement in collecting, disseminating, analyzing, risk intelligence information for our clients and what their needs might be in the future. So we have this technology stack built out in our command centers ready to go for what we're doing currently and for the future use. One of the first things that I really am excited about is we brought on temperature measurement thermal imaging cameras on board. So at the top of the mast, we have a thermal imaging camera that can monitor assets across the site. We can monitor for flare-ups or even identify a unit that is running hotter than other pumps, for example, on a frac site. So we're able to work with mechanics on site for preventative breakdowns by identifying overheating units. Hey, pump seven is running hotter than the rest of the units and that unit gets the attention and maintenance it needs before there's a costly breakdown or even downtime on the site. So that has been an incredible case study that we've been able to, to use just by monitoring exhaust temperatures at, at on that stack with our thermal imaging camera, let alone catching flare ups and fire. Another item in our tech stack, and this is, You know, During a critical emergency incident, communication is key. You want to know what it is and where it is. So we wanted to fix this problem of everyone on site. If you've been on a site during an emergency incident, you know everybody starts yelling over the radios and no one can understand what's taking place or where it's taking place. So that's why we developed our emergency notification system. We call it our ENS system. Our emergency response technician, our first responder inside our our monitoring station, our command units we have a drone image of that actual site. We go up, take an aerial shot of that site, and that's overlaid on this desktop. And so in the data van, in the blender, in the company trailer, the doghouse, wherever you want to put them, we provide a touchscreen device that has that same image. So when an emergency occurs, whether it's a medical or fire, that screen can be clicked on and the type of emergency chosen, and then it immediately lets our ERT know where to respond and what they're responding to. So now this is... You know, I got remind you, this is on a site that might be set up for seven days, thirty days, sixty days. You know, we're talking refinery type notification system on a completions pad. Also, with that ENS, you know, we have audible and visual alerts that are that are set across the entire site. So those who don't have radios, those who you know are chemical or sand or or might be away from the radio, can actually see that there's an emergency uh, occurring on site. So. Another item in our tech stack, we partner with Earth Networks for weather monitoring, uh, severe storm tracking, lightning. So that's something that we take off the company man or clients of monitoring that lightning. Our ERT does that and provides communication for that. Our normal camera system, we have a normal camera system on our mast that's monitoring the whole site. We have the capability of pattern recognition, analytics for the site, go zones, no go zones. So it kind of goes back to that whole risk intelligence package that clients might have.
1: Now, you are able to meet with everybody on site? You guys have some kind of training or communication with the folks to let them know what all you're doing?
2: Absolutely. I mean, that is the key component, Russell. You hit the nail on the head. There has to be this relationship that's built. And our ER2Ts do a great job. We're at every safety meeting. We're at every briefing, pre-planning, pre-ops. That's the most important part of this is, you know, before we go into a PAD, we're calling the PSAPs, the Public Service Answering Points. So your local jurisdictions, we're getting 911 response. Who's coming when there's a fire? Who's coming when there's a medical incident? Life flight. How far is Air Evac out? We get all that information. We lay it out in our pre-op for our clients so that we have all this information that we can communicate when that emergency does occur. When we dial nine one one, we know exactly who's answering the phone and who's going to be responding, response times. And so that we so that's all part of this pre planning, this communication, this relationship building that occurs even before the job begins.
1: Oh, that's great because you guys, I'm sure, still go to them, but so many of those safety meetings, it's kinda of like check the box and probably everybody's doing kinda of like what I was talking about earlier, where my wife sent me that little motivational video and I'm just kinda of halfway listening to it, you know. That's <laughs> And, you know, people just, we just become too nonchalant about it all. And then when some tragedy does unfortunately strike, you know, we're not prepared, you know, because it's too late to take swimming lessons when you're already drowning.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the interesting things that we have been able to observe, our services, our package is something that not a lot of, you know, as we've dealt with a lot of completion sites, a lot of the hands on the completion site have ever seen before. And so when they see our truck or our our trailer roll in, they just think we're another safety company that's there to pick on them, to, to say, hey, put on your hard hat. Hey, you know, where's your monitor? But then when they start to realize, hey, these guys are actually here to save our life if we go down.
1: That's why we have that motto. Again, it's not this isn't the HSE show to tell you to put your, your hard hat on. This is the HSE show that says, here's what you can learn. Here's how you can come home safely. It's got to be framed in that picture, you know.
2: Absolutely. And what we saw was our client And I'll just I'll just mention their name here, Quantana Energy Services, which is now merged with KLX. But, you know, they were one of our main clients. And when their team members saw that they were willing to invest in health and their safety, you know, that gave their team members so much more confidence in who they're working for. Hey, if our company is willing to pay for this type of service to protect us out here on the site, you know, and it, it, it seemed to change the whole culture. I'll never forget the first site we worked at. It was out in June of 2018. It was hot, hot, hot in middle of Oklahoma here. And we had this mentality. Of, I wanted our guys to get out there and hand bottles of water out. Now, you go to a well site, you don't see too many people out there handing bottles of water out. <laughs> and that's kind of the culture we set from the very beginning, this, this service mentality. And, and to see that return back to our guys and just the culture it created out there, just to have this presence in this well site century, hey, they're here for us type mentality. It was uh, really interesting to see those relationships build.
1: Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things there that I want to come back to. You mentioned the company Quintana, and that's interesting. My wife, who is the only successful one in the family, she is an international insurance broker. So I'm very familiar with the company only. We call it Quintana. So you're in Oklahoma. (laughs) That's probably the correct pronunciation is, is Quintana, but that reminds me. You are headquartered in Norman, Oklahoma, correct? Yes, sir. That is correct. And you mentioned working with uh, Quintana or Quintana. Are you just in Oklahoma, or where all are you taking these mobile labs that you have?
2: Our command centers. We can deploy them anywhere in the United States. I mean, really. But we have been working in Oklahoma and Texas both, so east and west Texas. So we've had the opportunity to serve in both of those states. But obviously, we are willing to mobilize to wherever the need might arise.
1: Just have mobile command center, we'll travel, huh?
2: (laughs) I was going to say that, and you said it. That's right. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Okay, so you said there's three aspects that if I was, and I should have been taking notes and and I wasn't, technology was one. Yes, sir. So what's number two? And I'm guessing, you keep mentioning this uh, ERT, or emergency response team, part of it's got to be your personnel. Is that correct?
2: Yes, sir. That's our third element. Our second element is our emergency response systems. Okay. You know, this is the backbone. This is the infrastructure. We had to get our ERS implementation right. So you know, we, we set out to consult and we sought wisdom from some of the best fire medical professionals out there. Hey, this is what we're doing. What do we need to do? So we decided to use a different approach from what was being implemented out on the, in the market for fire protection on well sites. We knew time is of the essence in a fire incident. So we decided to utilize what we call a distributed hose rack system. So all this means is that we have our supply hose for water. That's already laid out, and our booster hose racks are strategically placed on the site to put us in a position to fight a fire on the site, anywhere on the site that gives us a response time of less than three minutes. Now, those supply lines and booster hoses are, are tied back to our command center, our fire pump, and our water supply. You know, and Russell, if I could just stop right here and say, you know, when we started this, we didn't set out to be another well-controlled company. We didn't start out to be a Boots & Coots. We are there for the initial fire fight. You know, to mitigate the loss in a safe manner until a local fire jurisdiction can respond and take over instant command. So, I want to make that real clear that, you know, we're not labeling ourselves as an industrial firefighting team, as a well control team. We are there for this acute response and allowing the proper jurisdictions to come in and take over that command. Now, depending on the location and the local jurisdictions' response times, you know, we can scale our foam supply and our water supply to fill in that gap for our client. But I think that's important just to, to make sure that's known, that we are not replacing local fire departments.
1: Okay. All right.
2: You know, another unique system was, so we have this distributed hose rack system. And what makes our fire emergency response unique is, is the way we use our foam supply. Now we do this at the end of the line. So rather than agitating the foam at the pump, this allows our emergency response technician, this maximum flexibility at the end of the line and in, in fighting the fire. So he or she can lay down a dry foam, a wet foam from a distance, from a short distance. So we have the capability of taking, you know, 300 gallons of water and producing at least 3,000 gallons of produced firefighting foam in about three minutes. So, you know, we can get foam on the fire in a very quick manner and lots of it to mitigate that risk right off instead of waiting that 15, 20 minute for the local fire jurisdictions to respond. Which could make a big difference. Absolutely. We've had several fire incidents And we've been able to put all of that Okay,
1: well, that was my next question. How often does this happen? And actually, you know, what people don't realize is it really doesn't have anything to do with how often it happens. It has to do with how awful is it going to be if it happens.
2: No, absolutely. And, you know, we can't ever put pen on paper of what we saved (laughs) because we can't ever say, well, it would have spread, right? Or it would have been put out. But, you know, the incidents we have responded to, you know, we put foam on two fires The three other incidents, fire incidents that we had, we were able to use just our extinguisher to mitigate that fire. But in those incidents, one particular incident, fire occurred. We were on it in less than three minutes with foam. Fire was out in four. So now what would that have gone to? Who knows? Would it have spread to the whole fleet and taken out all, you know, 15 pumps? Who knows? We can never say, but I like to err on the safe side. You know, we did our job. Our emergency response system worked. Our pump started. Our foam system that we have in place worked. Our professional first responder, it worked. And we mitigated the risk. And we saved that company. You know, in that particular incident, what was interesting, they had a fire on site, a pump burnout. They pulled the pump. They were back working in less than four hours. I mean, that's incredible, you know, and so it's just really exciting to be able to make that big of a risk mitigation impact on that side.
1: Yeah, and time is definitely money. So you mentioned professional firefighter. So that segues us into the third thing. So who who are these people out here on site? Do these guys know what they're doing?
2: Man, our emergency response technicians, you know, we can have all the technology. We can have all the emergency response systems. Can I go back and just touch on our medical emergency response, if you don't mind? Sure. Sure. I wanted to highlight that because it's unique in that inside each of our command units on site, we have a triage facility for individuals to be evaluated. So we have this clean environment with medical capability. Of course, all of our technicians are trained to at least an EMTB. So they're going to that basic level of first responder aid. And what's interesting here is that our triage facility allows companies to come into that facility and connect with their telehealth provider. While there's a certified EMT standing right there next to them. And what we found, Russell, is that you know, a medical professional on the other end of that telehealth line, when there's a medical professional standing next to that patient and able to give medical feedback, there's this tremendous amount of unknown on for that nurse or doctor on the other end of the line, right? There's this uncertainty. Well, that eliminates some of this uncertainty that may cause a doctor to, you know, to request that individual, hey, you need to just go on to the emergency room because I don't know really what's going on with you. So what we found with that EMT right beside them you know, they can feed medical terms back to the doctor and nurse on that telehealth call and mitigate some of that, hey, you just need to go to the emergency room anyway. So that's been really interesting to see. And as well in today's times, our triage facility, you know, is a great option for those who are screening for COVID-19 on all the in and out personnel on site. So we, we have a facility. That's a great point. Okay. So
1: we need to wrap this up here pretty soon. But we're gonna maybe end where we began. This really is a story of incredible adaptation because Coro Source—that's what you started out as, correct?
2: Yes, sir. Coro is a ring of people.
1: Okay, and it's a little play on the word corrosion, right?
2: It is. Yes, at the beginning, the corrosion, but but more so, that, we, yeah,
1: yeah. This well site sentry thing you got—it's such a well thought out and valuable service, but. When you think about Coral Source, you don't kind of put the two together. But if you go to your website, CoralSource.com, then all of this stuff is on there, and you've even got links to and videos to like some of this thermal imaging stuff you mentioned and all that sort of thing. Correct?
2: That is correct. And you know, when we set out, I wanted to diversify Coral Source across the three spectrums: right, our midstream, our production, and our upstream. So that's why you have these three different and distinct divisions within inside our company. And so, you know, Coral Source as the parent company, but it, each one of those divisions—that's why you're not getting that that tie to the, you know, to your midstream pipeline corrosion tools, and you have Wellsite Sentry up here on the upstream. So that might give a little add a little bit more color to to those distinct variations, right?
1: I think that's a great story, and I think everybody who's listening to this podcast, I think they're going to think it's a great story. And if you're an HSE person, I think you really need to check out this Wellsite Sentry program. As Brady said you kind of have to ask yourself, why isn't this kind of standard operating procedure on every well pad? Brady, we really appreciate you coming on. And as always, we thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Please tune in next week for another episode of Enderson Hauser's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Endress and Hauser is your reliable U.S.-based partner for measurement instrumentation services and solutions. We are your people for process automation. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you can discover more about Endress and Hauser at cx.endress.com forward slash HSE-podcast and register for a monthly podcast giveaway. And you don't have to remember that website if you didn't go to it at the beginning when I asked you to. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll also put the links to Anderson Hauser on LinkedIn and also on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iFriends and leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. We'll see you next time.
0: This is Savannah, and here are the events on deck for September 2020. There's the FPSO World Congress 2020 and that's on September 1st to the 4th and also the 8th and it's all online. The next one is Building the Future Industrial Summit on September the 16th and that's also online. There's also the 4th Annual Blockchain and Oil and Gas Conference 2020 and that's on September the 16th to the 18th. Then there's the NGenius Symposium and Exhibition for Upstream Innovation 2020 and that's September the 22nd to the 24th. and. There's also Effective Leadership Through Change and Uncertainty, featuring Condoleezza Rice, and that's on September the 24th. There's also NAEP Summer 2020, from August 11th to September the 14th. And lastly, there's BP Week 2020, September 14th to 16th. That's all for September. I hope you guys have a great month, and thanks for tuning in.